Hi everyone, welcome to Forbidden Fridays. I'm Holly, your host of the podcast, where every Friday I'm joined by special guests to talk about taboo topics that people face in society. The aim of this podcast is basically to talk about all these different issues, to make them easier to talk about and easier to reach out if you ever need help. If this is your thing, then make sure you subscribe, make sure you share the episode, make sure you leave a review and yeah thanks so much for listening hope you enjoy so hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast on today's episode i am joined by sophie so sophie runs an instagram account all about her journey with um, an invisible illness, which is endometriosis. And she also talks about like issues such as body confidence and just loads of bits and bobs, really. It's such a positive account to follow on Instagram, so make sure you give her a follow. Um, and yeah, I just had a great time talking to her about um, what it's like living with an invisible illness, what her diagnosis process was like, and just how it affects your everyday life in general. Um, so I hope you enjoy this episode. And yeah, make sure to follow us on Instagram, follow Sophie on Instagram, and just show some love. So hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am joined with Sophie. Um, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself, what you do? Yeah, so I have an Instagram page where I talk a lot about advocating for disability, especially a chronic illness called endometriosis. I talk a lot about empowerment and mental health and just well-being generally. Like that's my thing that I like to advocate for and share my own experiences hopefully that helps someone else out there um yeah so that's what I do <laughs> amazing yeah I am um, actually found your page through I did a podcast recently with IBS and Jess on Instagram yes, yeah he actually recommended you because <laughs> have anyone you can recommend because I love doing <sighs> Uh, and she recommended you amongst a couple of other pages and I checked out your page and I was like it's just so like real raw relatable um yeah and I feel like a lot of people can relate with that um and it's so refreshing to see like people just be so real on yeah Instagram um, I think it's yeah especially with Instagram it can yeah. I feel like it can go one of two ways either you go down a path like you follow a lot of people who are very much based on aesthetics maybe and maybe you end up like comparing yourself a lot and it's just not necessarily even that person's reality who has that Instagram and that's what I used to be like I used to use Instagram in that way when mm-hmm. I could have I feel like when I was a bit younger I could have done with someone being a bit more open and honest so that's why I guess I sort of wanted to do this yeah that was going to be my next question so what actually made you start your Instagram account what inspired you to do that well I got ill so <laughs> just over two years ago um I literally woke up overnight and I was like in excruciating pain and I went through quite well not that lengthy but I went through a year ish of trying to find out what was wrong with me mm-hmm. and I was really struggling mentally at the time because I really did feel like I was 
losing my mind a bit because no one was really helping me and I thought if I'm struggling then I'm sure there's other people out there that are struggling and maybe if I can like reach out in some way then that that can offer like support for a community that probably needs it um and that's why I started it initially it was just for chronic illness um I've sort of expanded it now a little bit but it's still central to what I talk about I think and it was just initially it was literally just because I was looking for other people who I could like talk to about things <laughs> you say you felt like a really good community from your Instagram page mm, yeah it's it's kind of insane like I really didn't expect it to be as amazing as it is and like I mean it's not just my page like there's so many people who do pages similar and who are so supportive like it's 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 a real blessing and I think a lot of people who are struggling could do with the community that we have because it is very they're just there for you like I've made proper like lifelong friends from it as well which I wasn't expecting so it is like it is online but it offers like serious help to a lot of people and gives you friendships yeah exactly like as much as we say that social media can be so damaging especially thing especially platforms like instagram um mm. can be so damaging for specifically like younger people the younger generation as well yeah. it's such a good form of communication and building a community like I wouldn't know as many people as I do if I didn't have this podcast like I've literally met people from like all around the world and we're like like it's so crazy so it's it's so good in that sense in the sense that you can share what you're going through I mean you couldn't do that like in the olden days by like writing a letter no (laughs) (laughs) it's just a bit exactly that's what I mean like it goes one of two ways like you can use it in a really beneficial way if you commit to that I guess yeah exactly um so tell us a bit about your we're going to talk a bit about your endometriosis now so tell tell us a bit about your diagnosis process I know I've spoken to a couple of other people before and things with um issues with chronic illnesses are being diagnosed that's like one of the main issues um struggles with that was yours like an easy process or what happened just Mm. yeah so I think it was 2019 at the start of the year like I said like I woke up overnight and I was like in absolute agony I was like bleeding really heavily which for me was abnormal because I'd been on the pill from quite a young age and that had stopped my periods so it was like what's going on here um and the I went to the doctor that same day because it was like no pain I'd ever experienced and um initially they thought I'd had an ectopic pregnancy um which so they sent me straight to the hospital but it turned out that wasn't they that wasn't the case um and then for a few months I was in and out of hospital being admitted like going in an ambulance A&E like every week um because I was just in like excruciating pain and unfortunately a lot like other people with endometriosis it it was a bad experience it was a lot of um telling me that it's in my head a lot of saying it's just a normal period or there's nothing wrong with me I'm being dramatic I on one of my stays in the hospital 
I was like in so much pain and they left me all night without any pain relief even though I kept asking for it like the people in the bays around me were pressing their emergency buzzers to get to try and get help for me and they'd come and look at me and be like we can't do anything and they just leave and then I'd hear the nurses like saying nasty things like saying that I'm just like attention seeking and things like that and it was like that for a very long time um so my parents bless them because this was all happening whilst I was at uni so I wasn't even at home it was like a really difficult situation and then yeah my parents managed to get some money together to pay for a private appointment with a gynecologist who was really sweet because there was no way we could afford to like pay for a surgery privately but he also worked on the NHS so he agreed to see me on the NHS and I had a laparoscopy which is like a laparoscopy is the only way to definitively like diagnose endometriosis um so I had the surgery but they said that I didn't have endometriosis and I got sent away again um and then it was like another six months of me being in and out of hospital and then I got quite lucky because the hospital near my house not uni like my home yeah have an endometriosis clinic and on one of my times where I was admitted someone from the clinic came and saw me and had decided that they thought it was endometriosis like even though I'd already been told it wasn't um so I ended up having surgery just over a year ago and that confirmed that I did actually have it so it was a very up and down but it was only a year which like the average I think it's eight years um, for diagnosis so it wasn't actually that bad compared to what most other people go through I was just about to say a year seems like a very lengthy process to go through so much pain just to get an answer whereas like eight years is insane isn't it eight years like how it's it's just awful and the effect I think the worst part of it for me and from speaking to other people for a lot of others as well is the just the gaslighting like there's so much medical gaslighting involved there's so much dismissal that it's like just a period or something like that which it isn't and it's infuriating the condition is linked to hormones but it is in no way like just your period like it's not especially since you said um you were on the pill and you wasn't getting periods and then this just came out of nowhere um yeah I mean, it's scary to have people in such trustworthy positions not listen to you and not trust what you're saying and mm. she doesn't know what she's yeah. doing. it's just a period that was going to be another question so like how does it make you feel when people just say it's all in your head so before I knew what it was mm-hmm. it was really difficult because I mean I cannot describe how bad the pain is like it's it can be like unbearable Mm -hmm. and I because almost every doctor consultant like nurse everyone I saw was saying something along the lines and it's just in your head I ended up believing them Mm -hmm. and I fully thought that I had like I had some problem mentally and that I it was psychosomatic and it was it was in my head um I com- I was like convinced before my surgery that they weren't going to find anything and it was really difficult and to this day I have very little trust in most 
doctors and medical professionals just because my experiences are just really bad yeah and it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense of they say Mm. there's nothing wrong with you so then you start thinking oh I am being dramatic there isn't anything wrong with me and then you stop seeking help which isn't good yeah 100% it's terrible and it it just really affects your mental health like it's it 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 has serious and it has long-term implications even though I've been diagnosed now like I know I have it I still don't always trust my body like if I feel something I don't trust that it's real like I think that I'm being dramatic or something which I'm not but yeah it was so drilled into me that I was that it's really difficult to unlearn that yeah how else would you say that it's affected you mentally like does it stop you uh, well first of all is there any I'm pretty sure there's not a cure there's not a cure no there's no cure (laughs) are you like on medication to help is it has it gotten better since you've been diagnosed or is it just a diagnosis so you know what's wrong with you so so they have some treatments Mm -hmm. you can argue whether they're effective or not for some people they might help a bit for others they don't help at all so it's mostly hormonal things like um the pill the coil there's an injection that puts you into a medical menopause um which you can only use short term but that's something that some people go with Mm. so I have the coil in they put that in when I had surgery um and I guess it's made the pain a little less severe Mm -hmm. but it's not really helped in a like dramatic way it's not made it that much better and it's it's difficult knowing that there's no cure um because it's literally just about management so I have a coil but most of my the way that I deal with it is mostly pain relief and like things like hot water bottles like things like that so it's medication for pain for sickness Mm -hmm. and then the coil and my hot water bottle my best friend (laughs) sad though because I also I feel like the NHS just look at you and say oh heavy periods or things like endometriosis and then just shove things like the pill or the coil or all these other hormonal products on you as if there's some form of medication when they're just yeah it's not that's not what they're meant for like that is not what they're there for and and the other thing is they don't not everyone wants hormones like not everyone wants to mess with that and it's a very personal decision and if you say no to that for example the pill makes my mental health significantly worse just for me personally and even though I was on the coil after surgery they wanted me to go on the pill on top of the coil so I got like double whammy of hormones and I did it for a bit and it was not it was not good for me um so I said I made the decision that I was coming off of it even if they didn't want me to um and their the endometriosis clinic their response to that was to basically discharge me um so it's very they they can be very they can it, it's a bit potluck I think if you get a good specialist who is understanding and lets you make your own decisions yeah great but sometimes you get people who try and like enforce the yeah. hormonal route on you and not everyone wants that like it's not a one size fits all yeah that's so unfair as well it's kind of suggesting that you're refusing treatment when you're not being offered treatment you just it's exactly yeah when people have acne it's like I'll just throw them on the pill or when someone has heavy periods just you know Mm. injection and it's again like it's all these hormonal things and 
and it's it's actually scary how easily they throw things such as hormonal contraception around as if it's like not going to affect you at all like I've been on like three pills the first just didn't mix well like I just bled all the time the second Mm. one literally made me so sad like I was a completely different person I was but yeah because you think this is the only like option then you don't change Mm. I went on to a different brand and um I love this pill now like I feel like but it is scary how easily and how much lack of education they give you about things like that definitely there's like hardly any information that they give you even with like endometriosis um after I got discharged uh, or not even after I got discharged after my surgery they don't I mean they didn't know that I already knew quite a bit because I'd done my own research but they didn't they don't really give you any leaflets I mean some places will some places won't it's like there's not they don't inform people that much about what what's going on with their body which they really should be like it's important and even with like the NHS as well like probably the nurses who were saying you're being dramatic don't really know what it is like you never really talk about things like that and um I know recently actually there's been a lot of um influencers or like youtubers for example Mm. Molly May um coming out and talking about saying that they have or they're getting checked out for endometriosis and she's had a lot of backlash of people being like it's literally just heavy periods stop being dramatic like stop trying to be relatable what do you think to that it's it's infuriating I think if anyone has or is suspected to have the condition and they want to talk about it they should be able to and actually someone in her position if she talks about it and she has the correct information and things like that she's going to help a lot of people like there's a lot of people who might think actually that sounds a bit like me and they might push the doctors a bit more because it's not always simple like going to the GP and getting a referral you have to be persistent and if she can get some answers for herself and by sharing help other people get answers I think that's great and I think anyone saying it's just a period or things like that just doesn't it's not educated on the condition yeah exactly exactly it's all about education when it comes to it yeah yeah I was gonna um ask earlier so do you think it's affected your everyday life I mean I feel like that's a very obvious question but like how (laughs) you miss like loads of days of work I know when I was talking to Jess who suffers with um IBS she said it just her work life was basically non-existent and um like things like going to school was difficult and just doing everyday tasks was so hard like going out with friends do you feel the same yeah yeah so with my health can be quite up and down sometimes so sometimes I might be all right in the day and then other times I'm really not but generally yes it has affected my daily life like for example I was meant to do my final year at uni last year um but going into the final year I had a discussion with the disability services and we decided to split my final year across two years because I couldn't have managed doing a full year of uni. I was too ill. Um, so it's really affected my education a lot, yeah. especially because, you know, it started in uni. So the whole uni experience, I guess, has been a little bit different for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just it's just pain, fatigue. Like they're just things that at some point in the day, most days I will feel some pain or like I will be fatigued I just can't do as much as other people and it's it can be really difficult sometimes it's worse than others but it's it's always like 
there somewhere in the background yeah no I bet it's so difficult um like I said when I was talking to Jess she said it was just so like she couldn't even go out for a meal with her friends without having to worry about if she was going to have a flare but then the next day she'd be fine and she couldn't commit to plans because she didn't know if she was okay and yeah it's a really that's a really difficult part of it is the uncertainty of it all because it really it can come in with like a second like it can change just like that and it's so unpredictable yeah it it can be difficult like at the moment I've been a little bit okay not recently but like until a month ago I was doing a little bit better and I could plan things a little bit more but when I first got ill I was bed bound for like a couple of months like I I wasn't going to any lectures I wasn't seeing any friends I couldn't do anything other than just like either be in bed or in hospital so it's really difficult yeah really draining especially on your mental health and I remember yeah when I was talking to Jess she said she'd lost so many friends because of it it was like such a heartbreaking thing as well because people had stopped asking her to hang out people and that's the kind of thing that we um speaking for the people who are lucky enough to not suffer from anything like that just mm. take for granted like yeah. life, the little things are just so easy for us but for yeah. people like you who have these like chronic illnesses it's just the the, the little things the easy things you can't do yeah 100%. and that's that's a really good point because when I first got ill like it is like a real like awakening to how like fortunate you were before you got ill like even having a shower sometimes is not possible like really small things that I used to be able to do like without you don't think about it you just do it all of a sudden become this like massive task that isn't always possible and I think it does also though to be fair for me anyway being ill has made me a lot more grateful like I'm very grateful for when I am well and when I can do the little things or like you're just more aware of that stuff and unfortunately I think most people if they get ill do lose friends even if it's not because they're like not that understanding your your priorities sort of change a little bit and it can if you're younger it can also make you grow up at an accelerated like rate because you go through a lot Definitely. and it just shifts things it shifts dynamics and you've just got to look after yourself first you've got to be so selfish in life and you've just got to put yourself first some people some of your friends might not see that as like the best thing but they're not in your position so they don't know yeah exactly exactly would you say it's affected your relationships in life like um, romantic relationships I don't know if you're in a relationship now or if you struggle to find one yeah so I am in a relationship now um when I I mean I guess I've been quite lucky in that I've found like a really great guy like very young I guess we found each other um and he's he's like the opposite of me that I'm I worry a lot like I get stressed a lot I'm very anxious like I'm just like I'm highly strong I can't like deal with things that well and um, whereas he's like the most chill person ever he's very laid back which has been very helpful when it comes to my health because he can deal with like situations that must be very stressful mm-hmm. for some people he can deal with them quite easily like if I'm like 
rolling around on the floor like screaming out in pain he's just there like chill rubbing my back like really relaxed and it's actually like helpful to have someone who doesn't also like freak out along with you because it brings me down a bit but it's it can be scary like I know especially at the start I felt like a burden a lot of the time because I couldn't go out as much I couldn't do all these things even like things with so endometriosis not everyone but some people are infertile um because of it and even things like that like I'd be like oh but what if I can't have like my own biological children like it it was it it was a lot of working through my I guess anxieties about am I holding him back because I'm ill which you're not like I and I always like say that to people it's not like that at all but it can be very easy to get trapped in that mindset and like really worry about it exactly and would you say he understands you a lot like it must be quite difficult for a man to Mm. who wouldn't suffer from a condition like this to be able to understand it I think because he sees it all the time he understands it like initially he was probably a bit like whoa what's going on like a bit (laughs) lost in it all because it was a lot like like our relationship has moved a bit in a funny way because we were at uni and we were already living together when we got together so he was around me all the time so he saw me at my worst in terms of pain and things like that like immediately um so he's feel like he does understand now he's adapted very quickly but I don't know how I don't think maybe he understands it as best as you could without having the condition but if you don't have it and experience that sort of pain I don't think you'll ever be able to like a hundred percent fully understand it yeah um so what are the main symptoms you'd say you'd suffer from from endometriosis what affects you the most because like you said loads of people suffer from different things yeah there's so many but for me the worst ones are probably fatigue very yeah. underrated like it is a really bad <laughs> symptom sometimes it can feel like sometimes I actually can't get up like I can't get out of bed because my body feels like it's just been like like I've got the flu after running a marathon after being hit by a truck like that's how I feel like it can be really terrible um so that's quite bad and then it's it's the pain so I get a lot of pelvic pain um and it it feels like what I don't have kids but what I assume contractions would feel like and it it can be really really intense and then I mean there's so many others that I get so endometriosis is I think usually it's found in the pelvic region so like your bladder your ovaries things like that but it can also I think it's been found on every organ in the body now um and if it's on your like diaphragm or lung region you can get shoulder tip pain and I've not been diagnosed with that type of endo but I get a lot of like severe shoulder tip pain with breathing which can be rough because it's not nice every time you breathe in it feels like you're being stabbed and that doesn't happen often but when it does it's one of the worst <laughs> wow yes yeah see, I didn't even know about any of this um do you think yeah. it should a lot more people should learn about endo and a lot more people should be educated just about chronic illnesses in general yeah definitely I think 
I think recently we've started seeing a bit more awareness being raised, I think for things like endometriosis and other illnesses as well. Yeah. But I think there's there's a lot that still needs to be done, especially for people born into female sex, like, or for, for guys as well. But I think at school, you should be made aware of that sort of condition because so many young people deal with like extremely painful periods and like heavy, heavy bleeding and things like that. And they think it's normal because they've yeah. never been told yeah. otherwise. And it's not normal. Like if it's extreme pain that makes you sick or pass out or pain meds don't help, that's not normal. And if you teach people at a younger age that it's not normal, I think we'd see hopefully a better quality of life for those people if they can get diagnosed sooner. Definitely. And maybe people will speak out about it a bit more and just know because it's not normal that they need to do something. I hope so. Is there any final last words or advice that you'd like to give out there for people suffering with endo or people struggling with the diagnosis process what would you say to them with the diagnosis process I would just say lean on the people that are there for you like if it's the online community or your family friends lean on them but keep going like even if you're hearing that it's in your head or that they're not going to look into it all the time you have to you just have to try and keep going like day by day and look for other doctors go to other GPs like whatever it might be and I I just want to send everyone a hug if they're struggling with it because it is so awful like I I I am hopeful that in the future there will be better treatment options and who knows maybe even a cure someday but I feel like we just have to take it one day at a time just like step by step and get through it exactly that's amazing well thank you so much for coming on the podcast So that's a wrap for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and show some love at, at Forbidden Fridays Podcast. And share the episodes if you can. Tell your friends about them. It honestly means the world to me. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Have a lovely day. Bye.